Welcome to Blue Collar Love Special. My name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. And today we have the special guest, Stephen Dale. Welcome, Stephen. How's it going, guys? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Am I saying that correct, Dale? You are. You okay, are. great. Most great. people I... don't get it right the first time. They, they go yes. doll or die. <laughs> All right, nice. Well, we're really happy to hear uh, we're getting the name right. We're off to a good start. <laughs> so, um, Stephen, um, to get us kind of kicked off here, how would everyone in the Starflyer community, um, Velvet Blue community, whatever, how would they all know you? What would you be known for? Uh, in that community, um, yeah, I've played ba- been the bass player for Starflyer. Uh, and various Martin projects since I think 2005. I, I think that's when I started playing with him. So I've been on every record since uh, from my island till present. So that would be uh, most likely. That's rad. Okay. Cool. Cool. And so, how did you did you get hooked up hooked up with Jason first or Jeff or um, like how did you how did the yeah, get a, go Jason, back? Yeah. The, um, just from like playing shows and festivals and that kind of thing. And we're also both here in Southern California and had a lot of mutual friends. Um, we just kind of knew each other. I can't, I couldn't really say exactly when we met exactly, but um, somewhere in like probably 04, 05, um, he just kind of invited me. Like, hey, come on out. He was living in Riverside at the time. And um, if I remember right, he was, he was just kind of starting writing tunes for the, uh, that first neon horse record and he was showing me that and kind of like kind of fishing like oh you want to play bass on that and I, oh yeah absolutely and then uh that just kind of transitioned into hey i'm working on the next starflyer you want to play on it and i yeah however many years later <laughs> we're still doing it so okay so very simple very straightforward now i'm curious you've been technically part of the starflyer 59 band like you said, for well over 10, 15 years. Yeah. So what's it been like being in a band that doesn't tour, that doesn't really do anything besides record studio albums? Um, to be honest with you, it's been pretty great. <laughs> I, You know, touring and that kind of thing was never my favorite aspect of doing music. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it, but writing and recording was always always the thing I love the most and that's and me and Martin have that in common you know like we really love the process so we really connected with that from day one and like I did one small tour on the My Island record with one of his last runs actually um but other than that yeah like he just really hasn't had much interest in doing it if he did I would do it with him but um a proper tour for a long time now has kind of been out of the question with, uh, you know, work and family responsibilities and that kind of thing. Um, but it is a little funny though, if I, I don't really think about it much, but now that I do think about it, yeah. Like to, to be in a quote unquote active band for that long and that doesn't ever play, (laughs) it's kind of weird, but, but, uh, I don't hate it personally I, I i love that we just kind of do records and come up with uh, new ideas and record them and that there's still people that are interested in listening and buying the records and stuff so yeah i mean i'm i'm i have no complaints 
Yeah, it's a testament to um, to you guys' talent that you don't tour and still you have a captive audience. Um, next question we have for you is, um, like you said, you started with My Island up until Vanity and everything in between and some other stuff that we'll probably get to another show too. Um, how much influence do you have in the creative and recording process with Starfire? And does it change each album? Like what you did on My Island, was that different from the Miami EP and stuff like that? Yeah, it kind of... <laughs> That's a tricky question in a, in a way because it's you know clearly it's 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 Martin's thing it's his vision they're his songs you know I'm not I'm not writing songs uh, I I never did but pretty consistently um, probably after my island because that was really like just focused on me playing bass but um, moving forward like he he'd kind of be like hey I got you know I got some new tunes I'm working on. I kind of want to do this. He typically has a uh, a general vision of what he wants to do. I want this record to be slow. I want it to be faster, I, I, a lot of guitar, or I want it to be a more acoustic-based al- album, you know. And uh, you know, and I, I just kind of roll with that. But along the way, there's a lot of, you know, hey, what do you think of this? And you know, bouncing things off of me, and uh, you know, I'll give my my two cents and whatnot. And, you know, definitely there's freedom to um, suggest things or, or, hey, what if we did this or, you know, change this note or what if it was like this? But at the end of the day, it's it's definitely his, it's his thing, you know? So I wouldn't say I've had a huge impact on this, like the record making process necessarily or the songwriting process, but definitely involved. Like we just have a good relationship in the sense that like i'm not forcing my hand and being more involved than he wants me to be and there's never any tension or anything like that there's never been any problems with that so i kind of just roll with what he has in mind as a general vision i just try my best to kind of keep in line with that and to to help him help it get there but so 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 go ahead so you're not like a studio musician, like a higher hand. You're kind of like um, he comes in. That's what I'm thinking. You bounce ideas off. If you you play a note or something or a lick, and he likes it, he'll take it. That type of thing. Yeah, totally. Okay. Typically, okay. Typically, like when it comes time to to track bass, um, he'll just I, like a lot of times I've heard the song, but I don't know it. It's usually how we work. Like I'll just sit down and. You know, he'll say, hey, these are the chords that's, you know, A to E, A to E, and uh, okay, and I get a general idea, and I just start kind of noodling, and usually he'll be like, oh, that's rad, you know, like that little, those two little notes, and then we'll just kind of collaborate and build the bass parts together, and and kind of, it's really, um, really spontaneous most of the time. It's not overly mapped out uh, bass-wise, so... uh, that's the funnest part with working with him is that there's not a lot of pressure and we've done it for so long that I kind of know what he's looking for most of the time. And we usually come up with stuff and have, a, we have a lot of fun doing it. So yeah, there's not uh not like super defined roles. You know what I mean? We just, we're just really close friends and we just kind of roll with however things unfold in the moment. We try and be in the moment. So, so it sounds like, and this would make sense, especially for back in 2005, that you guys did a lot of recording um, live, or at least met in a studio and recorded your parts and talked it over in person. 
Um, has that continued for the past, you know, 10 years, especially in the past few years where everyone's really going to digital recording over the internet? Um, have you continued um, yeah. to do that? We, it's more like we meet at his house in, in, in the, you know, his, with his studio set up. Um, I'm trying to think which record of, I am a CEO and maybe slow. I could be remembering this wrong, but I think there was a concerted effort to, to meet and actually rehearse those songs, like in a room with, with Trey on drums and everything. But generally speaking, it's more, he has the, the, you know, the, the, the structure of the songs mapped out and then we track drums and then, you know, he's got his parts and I got mine and we just, it is more of a studio-based thing rather than, generally speaking, rather than uh, a uh, jammed-out, uh, rehearsed thing. Very nice. Now, all this talk um, of uh, Jason holding creative control and stuff, and this lines up with other musicians we talked to that have been in Starflyer. Um, what other projects have you been part of? So kind of two questions here. One, um, what other... Projects have you been part of, and have you like had any um, influence in those projects? And two, have you tour like toured on the side with other any other bands or anything to you know make money and such? Yeah, I was well, how I met Jason. I was in a band, um, you know, stylistically quite different. A, a band called Project Eighty Six for like I was in that band for like close to fifteen years, and so I was touring full time with them, and and. Uh, did a lot of songwriting for that and um that was kind of my full-time full-time gig until probably if i'm remembering right 08 something like that 09 maybe um so that's you know we were at all the festivals and that you know also on tooth and nail and that's how you know i kind of got to know jason through the kind of circuit of other tooth and nail bands but um and then other projects, uh, the, the Neon Horse stuff, he, you know, we did that together. Uh, he still wrote those songs, and uh, it's kind of a similar process to, to Starflyer. Um, I did a record with, also with Mark Solomon, or a band called White Lighter, and uh, that came out on Northern Records. And uh, gosh darn it, I'm so bad with dates. I, I can't even say when. I want to say that was 2014 that came out. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, 2014. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Um, I did a couple records with the band called Crash Rickshaw. That one of them came out on Tooth and Nail. We never toured. We just played a couple local shows. That was more of just a side project, fun thing. Um, I uh, early, early on, I was in like the hardcore scene. And I was in a, in a band called Inner Means that put out an EP, one of the first records on Solid State <laughs> Records, actually. Oh, uh, I didn't know yeah. that. I, I like Inner yeah. Means. I didn't know you were on that. Okay. <laughs> not, not great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 15 when I when we did that EP. Like, I was real young. Like, that was okay. forever ago. But yeah, I kind of, you know, that's the interesting thing back then of like, uh, you know, every now and then it'll get a couple, like, oh, that's, Steve Dale plays like they find it weird that you know I've been part of Starflyer this whole time, but also play kind of drastically different styles. But like back then, I don't know, like it wasn't 
so defined by genre. You know, we were all kind of tooth and nail bands, really. And and like we would hang out with the Starflyer guys and the Savesaker guys and Ronnie Martin, and it, it didn't matter. I mean, we like we we'd go on tour with like Value Pack and stuff. You know, it was all just. Yeah. <laughs> and as the years went on, it, it, everything became so um, segregated. You know, like he. Yeah, you you identify with this genre of music, and that's all you can do, you know. And so, I've never really understood that because I, you know, I, I love a lot of different kinds of music, and that was one of the interesting things when I first started hanging out with with Martin was like, he's not this avant garde, you know, arty guy. Like he 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 likes rock and roll. Like he likes heavy music. He he likes a lot of different stuff. Uh, so you know, a lot of people have this this idea that you know he's really married to that kind of aesthetic and that that persona but he really isn't it just happens to be what he does with starflyer so okay so um what like what's some what would you say some of the artists that jason's into that we would be surprised by um yeah or artists yeah to be surprised i was surprised by how um (laughs) this is a long time ago but i was surprised by how um how aware and uh up to date and into the uh sepultura roots record which is like you know pretty, pretty <laughs> that is wild yeah. that yeah, is like, wild yeah, like, oh, that, that record's <laughs> awesome you know he's pretty like uh he was up to date with a lot of the deftone stuff um and then like a lot of oh man i'm trying to think like, girls against boys he loves that band they're pretty they're pretty uh pretty hard um yeah he's he's all over the map he likes he really likes everything you know everything from like old simple blues stuff to like you know more heavy stuff but i wouldn't say he like listens to heavy music but he he appreciates it you know like he he gets it he definitely gets it gotcha so as far as um musical influence and just um, how did you, you know, briefly, um, how did you grow up? Um, how was music introduced to you? Who were some of your musical influences that got you into music? Okay, yeah, I, um, yeah, I grew up in South Orange County in Southern California. And then music-wise, like, no one in my family played music. So it was never, uh, you know, I never grew up with it or it was never introduced to me in that way. It was more I was, you know, like in youth group and you know you started like seeing shows and stuff the bands that would come play at our church you know like early tooth and nails whoever it may be like blank eye or stuff like that and i was like oh this is cool and uh um yeah i just kind of one day i just i want i want to i want to learn bass like i just decided to play bass because i knew a friend that played guitar and i had a friend that played drums so it was just a logical uh logical thing you know it was a, it was a spot that to be filled, so. so I'm like okay I'll, I'll learn bass that's cool and uh, I just like t- started taking lessons and playing in crummy bands and and uh and then then I started getting into that you know like the hardcore scene and all that kind of stuff and you know the beauty of those DIY subculture punk whatever offshoot of punk you want to talk about is like it's very doable you know, you may not do it well, but it's not exactly like high art. You know, you can figure it out. So that 
that's what I really loved about it. Like, yeah, I can do that. I can figure out how to play those songs, you know, and I would learn this band or that band's songs and started writing our own. And um, yeah, and then that turned into that inner means thing. And then Alex played drums in that and he started playing in Project 86 and their bass player left and he said, hey, come join this. And then I did that for 15 years. But But the cool thing, you know, that I kind of accidentally started on bass and like I'm a true bass player. It's like there's not a lot of people that do that. You know, a lot of people can play it or, you know, can can fulfill that need or whatever on a record. A lot of guitar players can pull it off, of course, but like true bass players are kind of rare, you know. So I, I've always kind of just adopted that as my thing and, uh, you know, made that my uh, my specific craft you know i'm curious do you play any other instruments besides bass or is, are you like a strictly bass guy and that's it oh i play guitar too yeah i taught myself guitar along the way and you know we'll write if i'm writing songs for stuff i you know write on guitar but i i don't love playing guitar like how do i explain this like a lot of that white lighter stuff like i played uh, the mass majority of the guitars on that and stuff i'm fine with writing a song on guitar but as soon as i'm playing bass and guitar on a record like i find that i'm i'm locking into my own rhythmic patterns like almost too much to where they're too they're, t they're too much the same if that makes sense so like i i i really prefer even if i write the song like i prefer to play bass and have somebody else i trust you know, whoever that may be, play guitar. Um, it's not the thing I'm the most comfortable doing, but I definitely could if I need to. But um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. But yeah, I can play play guitar efficiently, but it's not my uh, not my favorite thing. No, that perfectly answers, and that's really cool because. You know, with bands like Starfly 59, where Jason Martin's a genius guitar player, you get to kind of feed into that. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that was his whole thing also of like, you know, he, he's he's capable of playing bass on his own records. But like, he's smart enough um, to know when you involve other people that uh, are good at their craft, that it's only going to make things better. Like he... He's interesting because he, he keeps a very, you know, tight grip on it. It's his band, you know, that's that's clear. And they're his songs and he has a, a tight grip on the vision. But he knows, you know, like this latest record, he knew, like, I want to bring in T.W. Walsh, you know, because he's going to do something I won't do. No matter how hard I try, I do what I do. And he does what he does. And it'll, it'll bring in a different flavor. So um, he's all for, you know, bringing in other guys to give their two cents and to... to Put their own touches on it and, I, and i've always thought that was really smart of him as a person who is capable of doing it all himself even drums i mean if he had and, to he could do it you know and this i mean listeners you know mandatory prince reference on every episode but jason like jason terry taylor and prince are to me are the the, the three most talented songwriters artists and ronnie martin of all time so four <laughs> and the the thing that 
Prince did too. He he played uh, lots of instruments, but certain instruments, bass and trumpets and woodwinds, he would bring people in that he knew I could do this. But they have something they come in at a different way um, that will elevate what I'm doing. So I'm let them do that, and I think probably that's what Jason do, was doing with you. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And um, he, yeah, I think that puts it well. He, he, he's he's aware that other people are going to do things you know, bring things that he's not going to bring to the table. So <clears throat> I think it's a smart approach for sure. And, and, you know, he, he you know, he's only going to work with guys that he's comfortable with and that we have more than anything that we have fun, you know, and that we're having a good time doing it and not taking it crazy seriously and enjoying the process, you know, it, no matter how good somebody is, if they're a jerk to work with or whatever, he's not messing with them. You know, it, it that, that that's definitely uh, the bottom line. So, very nice. Well, speaking of Jason and his craft and his many cohorts, cohorts, um, do you have a favorite Starfire Fifty Nine album? And this can be anything from or Silver all the way through Vanity. Okay, or, and songs if you have one. And song. Okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say of the records I was a part of, my favorites. I'm going to, uh, picking one is tough. I, Changing of the Guard became one of my favorite records over time. Yes. That, that one. Yeah. That, that was, uh, I, I loved, I love the way that record sounds. And I know that's a little polarizing for some Starfire fans because it's a really acoustic based record and it's not kind of the typical thing, but, um, I just really love that record. I, I, it's really dark, you know, it was a tough time in Jason's life and stuff was his dad had just passed away. And, I, I, there was just something really honest and really real about that record to me and uh i as time goes on that one kind of holds up better and better in my opinion and a close second of the ones i was a part of would be i am a ceo i liked a lot of the songs on that one um and then i'm really cheating i'm giving you like four records uh <laughs> the, the records i was not a part of i would say americana is probably my favorite and, my man I... <laughs> <laughs> And and old being up there too. Yeah. No song. And no song. Favorite favorite song. I've always been a huge fan. This is on, not on any of the records that I mentioned, but I've always loved the uh, "Something Evil" track off of Talking Voice. Oh. I was, yeah, I always really like that tune. I, you know, Len that's a dark horse pick. Yeah, I don't know. I, I even when that record came out, I remember just really liking that song, and I in that like i think it's the second verse or something uh lens was part of the frank lens was part of that record he does yeah. that weird harmony in that second he, he yeah vocals in that second verse which I, I just thought was like freaking cool yeah but. that that is freaking cool because i remember and we'll talk about whatever but when i first heard changing the guard i was like okay i need a break from starfire jason's lost the plot i'm done <laughs> and i just whatever and i walked away and then i'm a ceo i think came out after that i'm not sure 
Um, but I think that's right. And so, and I missed that because I was just, wasn't on the radar cause I was just done. And then, um, I, it, I got back in with, I'm, um, once I found out the IMCO was out, or actually no, it's slow. I got slow. I said, Oh, it's another one. I'm getting IMCO. Then I go back and I start listening to the changing of the guard. Yes, you're right. It's amazing to, I just wasn't ready or in the, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. you, you know, it's sometimes you just got to be in the right mindset to appreciate what you're listening to. And my second favorite Starfire album, um, song of all time is on Changing the Guard, which we'll talk about another time. <laughs> no, it is interesting that that record, I mean, even, even for us, like Marvin was really not that happy with that record. I remember he's kind of like, yeah, it's okay. Whatever, you know, and then, like, I don't know how many years later, I was like, dude, when's the last time you listened to Changing the Guard? He's like, oh, I haven't listened to it forever. I'm like, that record, first of all, sounds unbelievably good. And, like, it's really good, dude. And then, like, it really is. Even he kind of rediscovered it. Like, yeah, it is pretty cool. You know, like, he, he also initially didn't have the greatest impression of it. But for whatever reason, yeah, that one's held up really well you know it's, it's that is so hilarious yeah. <laughs> and then you're right to americana like but for me the my favorite starfire albums goes between leaf here stranger and americana depending on the day today it's americana since you said it so yeah man. I, I, was, I was just a fan at that at that point and I, I i remember getting that one from from tooth and ale or whatever it's like oh this is rad you know that, that's a cool record All right, so we've asked that favorite question. Let's ask another favorite question. Um, give us some of your favorite artists in general, just some people, bands, whatever that you love. Um, I'd say my probably my favorite band, if I had to pick one, it would probably be the Pixies. Um, they're just, I think, pretty consistently awesome. Um, Golly, who else? This is always a tough question for me because it really, really depends on the day and <laughs> just kind of what what mode I'm in. Um, that's uh, that's totally fair. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who. If I had to pick favorites, um, favorite right? I mean, if I go back to like you know my my heavy side, uh, refused shape of punk to come is pretty hard to beat as far as uh, a heavy record goes the refused um i love that record that was that was a big influence on me in that kind of side of of influence um what else uh i i'm gonna get back to you i got i i, I got to uh i got <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty tired right now, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to come up with a good answer. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with save a your sa yeah. Save, save, save your brain energy. Do a post later. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna come to me. It's gonna. I, I know. I'm obviously missing like a ton of stuff, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, That's right fine. Now, I'm just, I don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say a band or an artist and then think like, why did I say that? That's not really. <laughs> That's fine. Um, are there any projects or anything you're working on that you want to plug right now? Um, yeah. Well, well, the uh, Project Eighty Six. We just recently um did a tour. We just pressed our second record called Drawing Black Lines. We just pressed it on vinyl. 
and uh, we did a re-release of that. We got the licensing rights to do that because uh, the three of us haven't been in that band for forever, and so uh, you know, the three of us, besides the singer, we we went went ahead and got the rights to do it. We just we just released that. Um, I don't know, maybe. And I know that's a fan favorite from a lot of yeah. six fans. Yeah, so exactly. That was kind of our our uh, most favorite, you know, loved record by our fans and stuff. So, yeah, we did that. And that was that was a huge undertaking. And um, Cloud helped us out with that, too, uh, as far as, you know, kind of fulfillment and getting it done. It's not a Velvet Blue release, but just, as, you know, on a friend. Cloud's just a great guy. Cloud's, yeah. he's an amazing guy. <laughs> So yeah, that was the last thing we did. And then other than that, like, um, yeah, Marge's always got something coming up. I'm I'm sure any day now they'll be like, hey, we got some tunes for this, and like, yeah, there'll be something. The guy's just a machine. Sure. He just he is. He is. Yeah. Wait, wait, Never. wait, Stephen. Has he said anything to you? Has he said anything to you recently about some new tunes? Um, not. I'm trying to think. Has he? Um, I think he mentioned he was working on some stuff, but he wasn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't say exactly what the what the plan is or whatever. But I, he's always got songs. That's not breaking news. He's always working on songs. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so here's kind of a considering some of our conversation tonight. Here's a slightly left field question. What's that? Um, there are many rumors abounding of Jason considering doing a few shows in the near future. Are you in at <laughs> on that? Am I am I in on that? Yeah, like you said, like you're you're his go-to bass player, so Oh, I would do them. Yeah, I would for sure do them as long as it was yeah, you know, doable, but it it would be cuz uh yeah, you know, like that there's been offers that have come in and out and you know, over the years and I, I'm sure I don't want to speak for Jason, but it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it happens at some point. But it, I think it's just got to be the right the right circumstance and the right you know opportunity and you know situation. But yeah, I couldn't. That's really up in the air, honestly. It, it, it could go either way. It really depends on what. That's his call, obviously. <laughs> but no, that's uh, that's yeah. totally fair. We just felt like you know fueling the rumor mill. Yeah, I couldn't. I on like a hundred percent honestly, like couldn't say it, there's there's nothing definitively planned or committed to, but there has been uh, offers for that kind of stuff, and I think it's just as soon as Martin is uh, comfortable to go for it, you know, because it would you got to think like it would take a lot of work because it's not like we would get up there and play, you know songs off of the last you know four record like you'd have to play old stuff you, you know you'd, you'd have to play all the favorites and all that and like it's every one of his records that especially if you go back into the old stuff they're so different and they're it, it would be it would be a lot of work to figure those out and how to pull them off live and have them be consistent with each other you know so, but he's doing audio feed festival that's been confirmed are you part of that um yeah if we do it we're yeah I'm, I'm i'm in on it if we're doing it hey, has that been confirmed yeah right well yeah, selling tickets that, and everything we saw a poster but then the poster disappeared so oh, did it we're just we're uh, still wait on it okay we're still all right on it. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I was under the impression it was, uh, you know, another one of the up in the air things. But okay. yeah, but yeah, it might be. I've told him, you know, for, definitely if 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 he's up for doing it, um, I'm game. So it would just it would be a lot of work, but it, at the same time, like he's not in a position where you can be like, hey, Steve, we're gonna go out on this three week tour. And be like, wait a minute, man, I can't do that. <laughs> but he, he's not; he can't do that either. So it, you know, mm. it would be it'd be hopping on a plane for a weekend or whatever. But um, yeah. I think it would be fun. But I, I at the same at the same time, I get it. You know, it, it's it's a thing with him that, you know, he's not a hundred percent comfortable doing it and just knows that it would be quite an undertaking. So I, I don't, I, I make sure not to push him or be like, you know, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Cause it's not, you know, it's Oh yeah. Well. I don't in any way blame you guys. That's a lot yeah. of hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're older and your bodies, but we'll let you get out of here, Steven. But, um, I will say I agree with you about the like growing up with the tooth and nail catalog. I thought all of you guys were one except for Joy Electric. I was like, that's the that's the <laughs> anomaly, which I love. I love Joy Electric, but I was like, yeah, yeah this is all one label except for yeah. this band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that's what was cool about it back then, though. Honestly. Yeah, 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 it was. It was. It wasn't. You know. A defined genre thing it was just kind of this big this big scene it, i don't know I, I i always liked that you know you could play with whoever and it all worked yeah. you know but yeah that, that ended at some point in the 2000s so <laughs> yeah all great things come to an end so but yeah. it just like this interview but so steve steven thank you so much we really appreciate it your godsend. Thank you for all the wonderful music you've given to us over the years. We really appreciate it. No, and thank you guys for all your uh, support and being being diehard uh, loyalists, man. That, that's that's how. Uh, that's the only reason that you know we keep making these things. Honestly, is is, is you guys. I mean that. Otherwise, there'd be no point. So we 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 really appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, guys, stick around. We'll be doing um, a breakdown of My Island next. Have a good night. I'm Aaron. Sam's over there. Steve's there. We'll be talking to you in a second. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, cool. Mm -hmm.